0: This is Bob Petrakis with the Other Side of the News, brought to you by thefreepress.org. WCRS Community Radio 98.3 and 102.1. This is Bob Petrakis bringing you the Other Side of the News. I'm in the studio once again with uh, Free Press uh, editorial Member, board member, and writer Jonathan Beard. Welcome. Back. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Good to be here. And uh, a couple stories in the last few issues and some news. Uh, and this is a Monday, uh, June the 6th, I believe. July, July the 6th. Right. <laughs> July the 6th. I stand corrected. And uh, tomorrow you'll be filing an initiative at columbus city hall what's that about jonathan
1: that's right bob um tomorrow citizens of columbus and the in the name of columbus coalition for responsive government are going to be filing a proposed charter amendment so we'll be amending the city's organizing document which is like our constitution it basically sets our form of government what we're trying to do is make a city council more accountable and um reform it in some respects uh so we're doing a couple things with this first of all we're um um we're changing city council from our current structure where there's seven members, all elected in citywide elections. That's an abnormal and, and archaic form of government. No, no other big city in America does it that way. So we're going to be moving more to, to a more modern form of government that provides better representation, which would be 11 members in council, four of them elected in citywide elections, but the majority, seven, would be elected in districts, in council districts. So they'd essentially be elected on a neighborhood-based level um, by the people they live next to. And in, in addition to that, um, we're doing some things. Um, so, so this ordinance or this um, charter amendment, as proposed, creates a you know it sets up that form of government. Then it creates an import, a process for creating an apportionment board to to make to draw the lines to draw the seven districts. Um, and we look at what other what hasn't worked which is hyper-partisanship, and we take that out of this. And we say that no more than three members can be from any political party, because this isn't about party politics. This is about the people of Columbus and and serving us well in our neighborhoods. Then we also look at the the reforms needed with campaign financing. And we say that, you know, uh, this shouldn't just be the people who are connected to the wealthiest people buy the most ads and get their names out there and and win the elections. But the people of of Columbus um, um, have a public interest in having the best representation. And so we talk about providing some public financing for our elections. And then we talk about reform of the midterm appointment process. And that's where um, uh, halfway through their terms, a council member resigns, and then council appoints a new member to fill that seat. And that new member then runs for election a year or two later as an incumbent and with the council president's money um, as well. So we say for the district seats, you know, it 's not going to be council making the selection of who that person is but we 're asking the neighborhood area commissions to step up and provide direction to the council and and give the council the nominee the council then just appoints who the, who the neighborhoods send up we 've got this idea that, that you know representation is for the people it 's not for the politicians, and that um, certainly we want good strong neighborhood representation
0: so how does Columbus compare to other major cities? I know in the past you've written about that.
1: Yeah. We're backwards and old-fashioned. Um, we've got seven council members elected in citywide elections, which is a form of government from the early 1900s. Um, it was also popular in the South after the Voting Rights Act was passed, <laughs> and they started electing black uh, members. And of in ho- the early
0: 1900s, yeah. really, it was geared to uh, the incoming minorities from Eastern and, and s- Southern Europe and uh, right. progressive uh, left-wing ideas. That's uh, right. Uh, We're being suppressed, and then it shows up again during the civil rights movement Mm -hmm. to stifle uh, black politicians.
1: That's exactly right, and um, so it's a repressive form of government designed to put power into very small hands. What else? What uh, what it also does is makes elections very expensive. So we have citywide elections instead of neighborhood-based elections. Um, It costs a lot more to run in in a city of 820,000 than a community of 100,000 or less. So what we're trying to do is break it up a little bit and make this a lot more responsive to the people. Um, it shouldn't just be, you know, the multinational corporations. Or the um, um, you know the wealthy individuals and, and real estate developers in Columbus that have access to our elected employee elected officials. I'll tell you one time we w- um, as we were doing this, we were trying to get in touch with city Hall, with our council members, and um, they wouldn't return phone calls or emails it's from City Hall. So we took packages and dropped them off at their houses. Don't you know I got a letter from the council president, copying the city attorney and the chief of police, saying don't do that anymore. Don't drop packages by our houses.
0: So you're not allowed to drop packages at a publicly elected official's uh, house who won't respond from his office
1: that's exactly right and my you know my point of view is that you know their, their address is a public record indeed it's the only qualification they have for the office and for us not to be able as citizens to communicate directly to them um, is ridiculous and so we're looking for to be a little closer to our elected officials oh,
0: yeah so of course the city attorney they always turn to uh, I would argue uh, my, my take on, on Rick Pfeiffer I like to call him like Lincoln was the great emancipator. Mm -hmm. He is, in my mind, the great enabler. Yeah. Is that he exists. He does not, Rick Pfeiffer does not see his job as representing the people of Columbus, but representing the narrow interest of city government and the elected officials who I believe are systematically corrupt. Rick Pfeiffer will tell you, I'm their attorney. No, you're not, Rick. You're grow the hell up! You're the people's attorney, and he did tell you me that elected.
1: right to my face. once. No, that he, no, that he did. He, Seriously? he represents the city of Columbus, you know. So he said, "You get your own attorney." You, know, I represent the city of Columbus and city I kiss
0: the ass of the elected. Well, they're not really elected. Of the appointed zombies.
1: Um, and, and you hope this is somebody that just wants fairness, just wants, you mm-hmm. know, for everything to be fair, for the law to be followed. But, uh, but he's definitely an advocate for city government. Yeah, and, the, and, and the whatever they interest. say,
0: throw a people's initiative off the ballot, Rick Pfeiffer sees that as his job. That's right. Right, he's red Despite- flex, he comes out with a report, <laughs> they did nothing wrong. Here's a woman on TV saying, I don't even remember the meeting. Rick Pfeiffer's like, here's the process They handed out an unbid contract And it's pretty good because What they said was It would cost too much to bid it Bid the damn thing That's how you know how much it costs, Jonathan (laughs) I mean, I'm not being really crazy here Bid the contract Then you know how much it costs So Rick Pfeiffer, the great enabler Who allows corruption to flourish Rick Pfeiffer, you need to resign and, uh, well, back to the more important stuff with the, <laughs> so, with the initiative.
1: So here, you know, all we're trying to do is get on the ballot. We've gone through the process required by the city charter to collect petitions, uh, collect petition signatures. We've got about 30,000 that we'll be submitting tomorrow. Um, and how many do you need? We need about 10, a little less than 10,000 uh, okay. to qualify for the ballot. And, um, you know, we think we should make it. It'll be it'll be close, uh, but we think we should make now, it. Now, why but, do
0: we think you should make it when you've done everything right in the past as have other people and they just throw the stuff off. It seems like they're absolutely unaccountable, and no one seems to care in town. The Columbus Dispatch doesn't seem to care. Whenever they do something, uh, you know, what appears to be illegal and stifling for democracy, all that means is the Dispatch is going to write a nice editorial about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, these are people that I think they're in power, and they're in power so solidly and have been in power so long. Well, it's a machine, right? It's, it's, it's fundamentally an
0: authoritarian form of government. And I don't think it works well in uh, communist Vietnam, nor do I think authoritarianism worked well at Tammany Hall or in Daily Chicago or in Columbus, Ohio. A machine is undemocratic. It's an authoritarian form That's of government that stifles the people's voices.
1: And the people have a right to vote on this stuff. It's in the state constitution. It's in our city charter. We've got a right to vote. If we're not happy with the job our legislature is doing, we can write our own legislation and pass it. The, the uh, point is, and in Issue 7, they gave themselves more power to block things.
0: Well, here's the odd part, is at the state level... State, which is controlled by, in many cases, reactionary and very conservative Republicans, Mm -hmm. actually lets the people vote. Whether it's a casino, whether they like it or not, they don't like the legalization of marijuana, but they -hmm. don't use technicalities. They obey the Constitution. The Columbus City government, Andy Ginther, Michael Coleman, and Rick Pfeiffer, are fundamentally unconstitutional and democratic forces. They have contempt for the people, and that's got to change.
1: It's got to change, and that's one of the things we're trying to do here, because even now, you know, in the black community, we look around, and we've got four black five black elected officials, a mayor and four council members, but none of them says a peep in the issues affecting black folks. Well,
0: they were picked in part because no one ever heard of these people. <laughs> yeah. No one in the community had ever seen it. And, you know, Shannon Hardin, he's young and black and gay. Fine. Where has he been? <laughs> no one's ever heard of Jiza Page. I mean, when I first heard it, I, I was thinking they just appointed Ira Hayes, uh, the well-known... <laughs> who's, you know, I mean, names you just haven't heard of. And there's a long history of this. It seems like the only person who was appointed recently that had any power on their own uh, was probably Charlita Tavares. Mm-hmm. And she didn't last long. It seems like they picked people that no one's, no one's ever heard of. They're yeah. beholding That's to right. some politician, like Jiza Page coming out of Rick Pfeiffer's office, or Herschel Craig, who didn't do well in election mm-hmm. uh, for school Shannon board. coming
1: out of Mayor Coleman's office.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Or people coming right out of the mayor's office. Yeah. And uh, they're picked uh, not because they're activists, they're community-oriented, but the exact opposite. Yeah, not
1: because they're strong, but because they're weak.
0: They're weak. They can't raise their own money. Mm-hmm. It's like, hi, you're not qualified. You can raise your own money. You must be defendant, dependent on the mayor. That's why you appoint out of his office mm-hmm. or Andy Ginther or Rick Pfeiffer.
1: It's embarrassing. If you listen to black radio in, in October, November, all these candid ads come on, and they're all paid for by Friends for Ginther. It's embarrassing.
0: And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, a lot of his ads, uh, and even some this time, they didn't even get to talk. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like a voiceover. <laughs> Jiza, Jiza Page, doing some very important stuff. And then would be Andy Genther in the background, right, kind of the great white bu- buana, <laughs> the the plantation overseer. <laughs> kind of like, hi, you know, I can talk. Jiza's okay. <laughs> right, right. And so you know,
1: there's nothing wrong with having strong elected officials. Um, I mean, we deserve that.
0: <laughs> but uh, by strong, do we mean strong one that shuts the keeps the camera shut off during? When the, uh, think about the logic of this, Jonathan, and mm-hmm. why this is so important to get some people uh, from the wards. I mean, mm-hmm. we can't discuss any major issue in Columbus unless it's going to be voted on that night by a 7-0 vote after 9 minutes, well, 18 if if there's two sides, Mm -hmm. but only 9 minutes from the opposition. Uh, Andy Ginther forces, forces uh, the people of Columbus not to debate the issues. He won't allow them unless it's scheduled for that night. So anything of tremendous uh, importance is never going to be discussed prior to a seven. Zero vote. That's exactly right?
1: right. And they turn the TVs off. If if you want to speak on something that, that you're they bringing to council, meetings
0: for the first time in history, and
1: called it an open meetings um open meetings <laughs> amendment. Yeah, George Orwell rolls in his grave. I mean, this is this is absolutely asinine for us to sit here and accept this type of governance. Um, the fact that we can't bring something to the city council in a public meeting, talk about it, and have people across the, across the um community. I'm sorry, my phone and have the um, people across the community hear us is um, is absolutely crazy that they turn the TVs off. They close, they end the meeting and turn and the TVs off before you And they won't bring public
0: access back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, so they've they, got 24-7, they 365. And they all
0: the initiatives. Mm-hmm. I saw Andy mm-hmm. Ginther, he cut a lot of nice ribbons. He must be doing real important That's, stuff.
1: You know, I've, I've seen um, council members get appointed to their position. And then show up, you know, cutting ribbons or turning on the sirens on new fire engines, that type of thing. These are things that were voted on before they were elected. You know, they had (laughs) absolutely nothing to do.
0: Uh, This was in the fiscal budget two years ago. Get in that fire trunk and honk the horn and turn the lights out. Jiza Page. Just look what she's done. Zach Klein. Look what he's done for the people of Columbus. And the stuff was allocated two years prior. Mills. (laughs) Look, she's wonderful. Look, she built this park with her own hand. (laughs) (laughs) Park's been there since 1906 and was content Contaminated, so they're cleaning <laughs> it up a little as you're taking credit. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I don't know. I mean we get what we pay for and unfortunately Redflex and companies like
0: that are paying. But wouldn't you more say we, we, we have the best city council money can buy and, and that's the problem? We absolutely do have the <laughs> best that money can buy, and that is the problem. This is WCRS 98.3-102.1. This is Bob Petrake, is bringing you the other side of the news in the studio with Jonathan Beard, who tomorrow, on Tuesday, July 7th, uh, was, was that today or tomorrow you're submitting? Tomorrow we're submitting. Tomorrow they're submitting, 4 o'clock, if you want to join us at City Hall. Uh, and before I go any further, this is what really bothers me. We show up with petitions... They send out the security, and if uh, a reporter shows up with a a mic and says, how do you feel about Jonathan, they say, we're going to call the police on you and have you arrested. (laughs) And then Jiza and Mills and Zach Klein and Andy Ginther are holding press conferences constantly, without a permit, at City Hall, and if any citizen tries to do it, they threaten you with arrest. Ooh, Fourth Reich stuff. I mean, does that make <laughs> any sense? <laughs> like, don't ask us a question. Uh, Zach Klein of the Safety Committee and Andy are going to have us arrested because uh, we're turning in some signatures and we're answering a media quest- question. Absolutely unacceptable in a democracy. That's exactly right. They put the mock in democracy. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. They put the mock in democracy. And everyone appointed a mockingbird. (laughs) So uh, let's look a little at this uh, Red Flex. Uh, I saw you referenced it. You've got a long article in July 2015. Free Press, the Columbus Free Press, available wherever progressive thought (laughs) thrives. And uh, uh, tell me, uh, anything new since the last article? You're saying that uh, essentially Andy Ginther is the target of the bribery and that... and he
1: he's parsed words and said he was not the target of that investigation. Well no he wasn't because no, a woman he, went to jail for that. Right, I mean, she, that was she, a she pled guilty to bribing him.
0: CEO yeah. of the Redflex company was the target.
1: Right. But he was certainly implicated.
0: As as the one who was involved in the bribery.
1: Who was being who solicited the bribe and, and was bribed according to the Redflex
0: now and That's also to be fair, he's probably a money launderer as well, and and a poor one. Yeah, uh, he he didn't seem to take. He really needs uh, to take a course in money laundering. It seemed obvious. It's like, hi, here's an unbid contract. Uh, yeah, we want a success fee for it. <laughs> uh, you Yeah, know, since when? Uh, it's like, oh, it's just donors doing what donors do. You right. don't bill your donors and call it a success fee after you just gave them an unbid contract, which was for considered illegal.
1: Percent. Yeah, I think it was $10 million Redflix has earned over the um, term of the contract. Um, and they... they kicked back it seems at least um, thirty thousand dollars to different city officials. The one that was specifically articulated in the in the Department of um, um, not Department of Justice, but the, the um uh, what am I looking for? The the attorney?
0: The uh, US attorneys. Comp- in the
1: US Attorney's um, bill of bill of information was an allegation that um, that Andy solicited and, and, and um Redflex provided twenty thousand dollars to him for a success fee for the um, camera program. And they funded it through the Ohio Democratic Party, which then a few days later cut a $21,000 check to Andy Ginther. And so when Andy Ginther says, I've never received a dime from Redflex, well yeah, he's right. He got the money you know, from Redflex through the Ohio Democratic Properly Party. Properly laundered. laundered. It's laundered. And so when you look at his statements, he's not saying he wasn't bribed, he didn't bribe. He. I don't think he said that um flat out but what he said is i didn't get money from red flex he got it he got red flex money through the ohio democratic party it was laundered um he's not the target of investigation but a um now convicted felon um uh, pled to that felony because she says she bribed him um so you know i mean we'll see where this goes um it'll be interesting
0: well where do you think it's going to go I mean, how how does it go anywhere other than he resigns, yeah, and uh, you know you faces know, criminal charges.
1: You know, I, I think certainly any time the office is is impugned as it has been impugned. I mean, it is it is. For, it is it, uh, uh, somebody who was convicted for this said the office is for sale. I think you resign out of out of respect for the citizens and, and out of respect for not putting the city through something like that. If you don't resign, then I think you have city council. You know, um, legislative bodies monitor their own. Okay, they don't like executive body in there. They don't like police and prosecutors in there. So typically, what you have you have a house, house Ethics Commission committee or something like that that looks at the conduct of its members and has powers um, from sanction from sanctioning to expulsion. And you look at, you know, that's in the city charter. The city council ex- can expel its own members or can sanction its own members. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, why aren't they even talking about this? Why aren't they holding a hearing? Uh, why, you know, possibly because Andy was then funneling that same Redflex money through to them. Well,
0: they actually did talk about elected officials, plural.
1: Yeah, they they have they did say that, plural. Um, so, you know, we'll see who else. You know, Andy's... is. Genther's is the one that you can track clearly through the through the bill of indict through the bill of information all the way through the campaign finance reports. Bam, bam, bam. There's the money. It goes into friends for Genther, um, and she says it was for installing and, and extending the red the red light program. Then the other thing you think about of all the things you could take a bribe for, why would it be something that the citizens of Columbus hate? <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we can because you're contemptuous <laughs> and out of touch with the citizens of Columbus running an authoritarian regime backed up by the great enabler, the city attorney. We'll stick you for ten million dollars. I, I get twenty million dollars to stick the citizens for another uh, they ten got million. Me at fines. least three times. But here's the thing that really bothers mm-hmm. me: during the uh, in the fall, during the start of fall quarter at Columbus State. There's traffic jams. Mm -hmm. And they had a red light camera there. Mm -hmm. And they have a police officer. And you have no choice. Uh, So he'll wave you out. So you're in the intersection. The light (laughs) turns red. And you can't move. It's gridlock until he says you can move. Mm -hmm. So they take a picture of you. Mm -hmm. I mean, they would have to intentionally known that that was a (laughs) honeypot (laughs) of money. And wanted to screw... Uh, You know, low-income, diverse...
1: Get the kids. uh,
0: Yeah, it's like, we're going to make a ton of money (laughs) on the first three days of Autumn Quarter screwing poor college students. That's what Andy Ginther and the Red Flex people did. And, you know, there you are, the picture's there, but nothing you can do. It's gridlock.
1: Right, right. You were also talking about... um, um, Talking about it being a protection racket. You want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, my take on it, you know, having been grown up uh, (laughs) in Detroit, you know, when someone shows up and says you're going to have problems uh, (laughs) unless you do this, is that uh, the way it worked, you know, because I paid my three tickets, is that if you read carefully, they do not turn those over. It's privatized. Mm -hmm. To the courts, Mm -hmm. if you pay them uncontested, if you don't challenge them and send them the ninety five dollars, mm-hmm. they make sure it all goes away. On the other hand, as an attorney, if you challenge them, I could I could have won, you know, at least mm-hmm. two out of three because it made no sense, you know, the time of day, the pictures you can see it's a traffic jam. But if I had went down there, that would have been entered into the court record. I would have won, and then I would have lost more than $95 to the my insurance. insurance company, who would have uh, seen that I was charged with running mm-hmm. three red lights, mm-hmm. and hopefully they're not listening. <laughs> and they would have jacked my rates up. So it's just like, hey, we go, it's like blackmail right. or, or protection. Uh, this goes public, and there, or there's a problem unless you... Pay us, just like the mafia. That's mm-hmm. how Redflex, uh, mm-hmm. you know, runs the system, and that's why it makes you know makes perfect sense. And they've apparently got a CEOs. culture of
1: paying off public employees.
0: Yeah, this comes yeah. out of the Chicago Tribune article mm-hmm. of what they were doing right in uh, Chicago. Right. right, if you're too corrupt for Chicago, <laughs> you better come to Columbus and talk to Andy Ginther <laughs> or John Rayfield, the Bag Man. <laughs> Yeah,
1: these are interesting times. Interesting times. Yeah, so, the, the question uh, is, does it matter? You know, does it matter?
0: Well, I, th- I think fighting for democracy always inherently matters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what we've done at the Free Press, you know, with your support, your writing, uh, your help with the management, has been uh, to put pressure And to establish prior to this that Andy Ginther essentially uh, was corrupt and covered up corruption at the school board, he was a team player and enabler, Mm -hmm. and that's why he got put on city council. Mm -hmm. You wrote about that story as well, did you not?
1: I did, I did. Um, you know, I was personally affected by the by the data scrubbing. You know that, that um, you know, I didn't qualify for Ohio Ed Choice Voucher, along with um, thousands of other kids at East High School over a period of time. Could have been as long as 10 years. Um, so, you know, yeah, we were affected, and, and Andy Ginther was right there in the middle of it, was given credible um, well, allocations by people who I thought he said that
0: he was the guy that, he, he, initiated, initiated the investigation. <laughs> so, so he initiated an
1: investigation. He he claims he initiated an investigation. Then he gives the documents that show how he makes that claim. And it was when the second whistleblower um, um, emailed him, he replied to that email and said, "We've got an invest. We'll be investigating, or we'll be looking at this matter shortly." Now they were looking at this matter shortly because two years before the internal auditor had issued had identified this as a weakness, and they were already on path to do it. As a matter of fact, and, and they what were was set the
0: weakness s- for the listeners? What was the weakness?
1: The weakness was in how they um, recorded student absences and the documentation lack thereof that that was being kept, and um, so it was, you know how they how they counted students who were enrolled, and so they had already set in motion about a year before the board had approved a student accountability audit. That Andy Ginther, you know, now claims that he initiated the audit of, um, you know, of the, the whistleblow allegations. It was already planned. They had, it had been scheduled about two months before. There was a scheduled start date, and the only thing that was up in the air was when people were getting back from vacations so they could start working on it. But, so it was
0: already but, all in place.
1: Yeah, but he claims he he claims he started. Then he claimed he kept it going throughout, even though nobody else wanted to do it. And what the records that he put on his website showed is that they did 100. I think it was 120 hours out of a planned 300 hour audit over a course of three years. So that first 120 hours was done pretty quickly, and then it sat and sat and sat. And the auditor would report back, um, basically saying nothing's happening.
0: Well, Was he working closely with Tina Abdullah, the the woman who was investigating it, the internal well, he auditor? Helped, he,
1: he helped fire her. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she was the one that brought it to the board.
0: So she brings it to the board. And uh, Andy claims Announces
1: she's going to start working on it. Then she... And then um, um, Andy, along with the then board chair, Stephanie Hightower, uh, met with her. Assigned her to work from her home, put her on administrative leave... And did not would not renew her contract.
0: Andy Kinther to the res- rescue from one major scandal on the school board, purging data to the red flex camera scandal.
1: Has there ever been anybody who's been involved in that much dirt? What you know, just that much public incompetence or corruption in Columbus?
0: Uh, and not resign. Usually, the thing that happens. There's been corruption. Jerry Hammond with the alleged bribes, but. They, in the past, we have a tradition. You have the decency to step down mm-hmm. from city council. When you get caught red-flexing or red-handed <laughs> with the red-flex, <laughs> Yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't sit around and go, hey, I didn't do anything wrong.
1: Yeah. And, then, you know, I mean, apparently with the school board, it was the state auditor and the internal auditor were wrong. Now it's the, with, with the red-flex stuff, it's the FBI and the U.S. attorney were wrong, and Andy's right. So at some point... You know, if you believe this guy, you got to think a whole lot of other people wrong about their, what they do for a living,
0: right? And uh, I think he's so arrogant, mm-hmm. and he's so used as an authoritarian. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, like like the the North Korean guy or you know Ceausescu and old Romania. He, they're so used to being insulated mm-hmm. and not accountable, they believe their own PR. Oh, yeah, I've done nothing wrong other than take bribes. <laughs> I've done nothing wrong except destroy student lives and allow them to fix uh, uh, numbers. And uh, he actually believes, you know, he's been at too many ribbon cuttings. we got one minute left, Jonathan. What's happening tomorrow? Tomorrow we are submitting
1: petition signatures, about 30,000 signatures, in support of a vote on um, reforming our, our Columbus City Council, making it more accountable for the people, more democratic, and more responsive.
0: Bring the wards in. And, of course, Mm -hmm. the mayoral candidate, Zach Scott, actually supports wards, does he not? He does. He does. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. We're bringing you the other side of the news.